Hello and welcome to ZF1 Amateur Podcast, hosted by me, Humura Ruth. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're doing lovely. And if it's not going well for you, take it to the Lord in prayer, like I always say. Now, welcome to today's episode. I am pretty pumped because we just had a race less than an hour ago. I watched it, loved every single bit. In fact, I was following the whole Formula One weekend this weekend and I loved it. Because first of all, for the first time in Formula One, I think since 1985 in Kayalami, there was a South African Grand Prix, I think. For the first time since then, we have had a sprint race in Formula One. So it was quite interesting to watch. You know, some people were not in favor of it. You know, there were people saying, oh, we shouldn't change Formula One. Some people were like, you know what, bring it on. And I was among those people who were like, bring it on. Let's see, you know, what could be, what could happen. And I loved every single bit of the Formula One weekend. So I am here to take you through the Silverstone. The, no, the British Grand Prix. You don't call it the Silverstone Grand Prix. The British Grand Prix that happened between July the 16th to July the 18th, which is still today. I had a great time. Anyway. Let's get into it. Sit back, relax, and uh, let's have a good time. But before we do that, here is a quick reminder. If you love Formula E, which is the electric version of Formula One basically to me, then be sure to check out my podcast called Z Formula E Podcast. Again, it's called Z Formula E Podcast. And you can find it on your favorite podcasting player. You could also check out my other podcast, which is dedicated to sharing the beauty of Uganda with the rest of the world. That one is called Z Humara Show Podcast. Again, it's called Z Humara Show Podcast. All right, let's go. Let's go back to Formula One. Alright, let's get into the British Grand Prix. Now, a lot of people love the British Grand Prix and for good reason. It's one of those, you know, historical places that uh, Formula One has been racing. In fact, the very first race that we had in Formula One, which was on May the 13th, 1950, was held in Britain. I'm not so sure whether it was at the Silverstone circuit, but it was held in Britain. So the British Grand Prix of, you know... It's so, it's it's like the Monaco, it's not like the Monaco Grand Prix because they do differ in different aspects, you know. But uh, first of all, because, you know, Silverstone is a purpose-built circuit, Monaco is a street circuit and all that. But, you know, the British Grand Prix, a lot of people love it. And if you know me, you know that I love purpose-built circuits. So you rest assured that I definitely, definitely fell in love and do love the British Grand Prix. I do love Silverstone. Now... This weekend, we had it done differently. As I told you, it was between July the 16th to the 18th. So, and we had a different format. And if you've been listening to my podcast, uh, this Formula One podcast, you definitely have been hearing me, hearing me talking about the new format of racing that Formula One wants to try out at three events. And so the first event was, I think the first one was supposed to be at the Canadian Grand Prix, but that was script of the calendar. So we're going to see sprint racing at another race. But for the first time this year, we have had it at the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. So basically how the weekend runs is you have Friday practice session one. And then still on Friday, you have qualifying. Now that qualifying sets the grid for the sprint race. Then Saturday, you have Friday practice two. Then you have the sprint race. Now the sprint race sets qualifying for Sunday Grand Prix. I hope it makes so much sense. I've literally been talking about it on this podcast and please remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. It greatly helps. And if you'd like to get in touch, I will 
um, share with you how you can do so at the end of the podcast. So yes, now Friday we did have the Friday practice session as well, like I talked about. And then we had qualifying. Now here's how qualifying went. Now on pole was Lewis Hamilton. His eighth pole in Silverstone, I believe. Second place was Max Verstappen on the medium tires. Third place was Valtteri Bottas on soft tires. Fourth place was Charles Leclerc on the mediums. Fifth place was Sergio Perez. Now, before, um, literally, how qualifying went, Sergio Perez had qualified fourth, but because he exceeded track limits, he lost a position, so he ended up in fifth. Now, sixth place was Lando Norris on the medium tires. Seventh place, Daniel Ricciardo. Eighth place, George Russell. Quite impressive seeing a Williams in Q3 again. Ninth place, Carlos Sainz Jr. Tenth place, Sebastian Vettel. 11th place, Fernando Alonso. 12th place, Pierre Gasly. 13th place, Esteban Ocon on the soft tires. 14th place, Antonio Giovinazzi. 15th place, Lance Stroll. 16th place, Yuki Tsunoda. 17th place, Kimi Raikkonen. 18th place, Nicolas Latifi. 19th place, Mick Schumacher. 20th Nikita Mazepin. Now, this qualification, these results were meant to be followed for the sprint race on Saturday. But before we get into what happened at the sprint race on Saturday, I just have to look at George Russell's performance. It's hard to overlook it. You know, before we all knew, okay, Williams, the car doesn't do well, and you kind of expected it to be where it was, you know, in Q1 all the time. Until George Russell came along and he's putting the car in Q3. And you see George Russell doing this a number of times. Q3. So he finished this time 8th. And his teammate Nicolas Latifi finished 18th. That's a difference of 10 places on the grid. And, you know, before that it was so easy to be like, oh my God, it's a Williams car. We expect it to be, you know, at the bottom of the grid. And then William. And then George Russell comes up and puts it there. And you're like, okay, there's actually more potential here. You know, this could be done better. And I don't know whether that's attributed to, you know, the fact that the team was sold and they have new owners and so there's more money being injected into it. Or do, I do know that George Russell is really good, but does, you know, the extra money help a bit? But George Russell is extremely good. Now, it makes me worry for Nicholas Latifi because I know he does feel the pressure as well because if I was in his shoes, I would be so, so worried because how is my teammate able to do that? And also in that same line of thinking, it makes me think that maybe Haas could also be able to perform better. Maybe they also need a George Russell in their car. Maybe it's not as bad as it looks like to me at the moment because literally Haas is always 19th Schumacher, 20th Mazepin or 19th Mazepin, 20th Schumacher. Like it's just consistent. And I'm like, how do they even keep up the morale, you know, the boost and the the, the, the hope every time that they go for a Grand Prix. Do they need more money into the team? Obviously, they do need more money into the team. But what if they had a George Russell? Would we be able to see the Haska up there as well? You know, maybe not necessarily fighting, you know, in Q3, but maybe more into Q2 coming up there. Of course, we did see Mick Schumacher finish in Q2 for the first time in his career, but he didn't get to participate in Q3. And I've forgotten which race it was. But yeah, that happened. So... Mount Formula One is a tough sport. It's a tough sport. 20 seats only and you've got to prove yourself. So that's tough. But anyway, now let's get into the sprint race. Now the sprint race is, for me, the way I think about it, I think, <laughs> this is just my opinion. Remember, this podcast is just full of my opinions. But I think the sprint race is, yes, it's a way to entertain the fans even more on a Grand Prix weekend. And I also think it's a way for Formula One to make more money. 
that's that's just my line of thinking bear with me because i think because traditionally you'd have practice session and then qualifying on saturday and then you have the race on sunday and it, and i think more okay yes people do do go for practice sessions and people do watch practice sessions but they're not as many as people who watch qualifying or as many as people who watch a grand prix so if you have like uh, if you have qualifying still there and then you have some sort of mini race and then another race on another day that's more people watching more people paying to attend as we shall see what happened at silverstone literally tickets were sold out so i think it's a good move if you're trying to make more money and it's also a good move for entertainment side because we get to watch more entertainment did the drivers like it i don't know if you can do well in in a sprint race then probably as a driver you like it if you can't then no you wouldn't be in it you wouldn't be you know up for it but anyway the sprint race happens over a distance of a, it's it's a hundred kilometers sprint race you know that's about i think a third of the the race i'm not sure about that and this time around we were doing 17 laps at silverstone i don't know whether the other venues we go to to do the sprint race will also do 17 laps but this time around we did 17 laps at the race and the first three drivers get points now the first driver who wins the sprint race gets three points a second driver two points a third driver one point that's how it works so even the drivers do get there's something to attract them there and yes, you do still have the two DRS zones, which are on the Hunger Street and the Wellington Street and the Silverstone Circuit. So if you know the circuit very well, you know where those are. And the circuit length is 3.66 miles long. And also another difference you get to see at the sprint races that you get to see. But what happened at the sprint races that the cars were much lighter compared to the cars in the normal Grand Prix. Not that the cars were different, but the fact that the cars carried less fuel. Because at a normal Grand Prix, you're carrying fuel for about 57 laps, you know. But at a sprint race, you're carrying fuel for just 17 laps. So the cars are much lighter. So if by any chance your car works better when lighter, then the sprint race is for you. If it doesn't, then it's not. But I don't think there's such a thing that it doesn't. But who knows? Anyway, so and... um. Yeah, so we, we uh, and we also got to see 110,000 fans attended the sprint race. And I think there was even more than 110,000 fans really attending the sprint race. So I'm telling you, it's a good way to make money at Formula 1, but it's also a good way for entertainment as people came to see. Now, lap 1, of course, Lewis had Paul like we saw in qualifying. Now, lap 1, they lined side by side. It's Lewis on the first place on the grid second place is max verstappen but one thing that i did notice before the race even started max's brakes were on fire now this is not an exaggeration there was actually fire at the end of max's brakes like i could see fire and the moment you know the lights were out max just flew off into the lead of the sprint race he just led lewis and i think lewis was as much surprised as we were because max was like a bullet that had just been launched out of a gun he just off. but before that his brakes were really really hot then we also got to see um there was an incident between george russell and carlos Sainz where they touched each other george russell literally touched carlos Sainz, and that meant george, carlos Sainz, who was 11th dropped to 19 19th and then uh george russell who was 8th dropped to 10th only but carlos Sainz was really affected he got off the track even literally he was on the gravel and uh, he dropped down and then also at the bottom of the grid we saw nikita mazepin and uh, Mick Schumacher literally racing each other and we did get a sh yellow flags for a short while and I think a lot of people don't actually okay, it's just my opinion I don't know whether a lot of people do or do not but 
not many people do actually realize and make Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin actually do race each other. For me, I have seen it. I don't know whether I see blindly or I see wrong, but I see these guys sometimes going at it with each other. <laughs> I think they're like, you know what, I'm not going to be 20th and yet there's no, like, know what, I need to be 19th. So they really do get at it with, with each other. Anyway, by lap four, Carlos Sainz was now recovering. He had moved himself up to 15th. And another interesting driver to see was Fernando Alonso because he had qualified 11th, but by lap four in the sprint race, he was now up to fifth. This year, but 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 then like, Fernando Alonso is also a good driver, so you can't say the sprint race helped him. Because, you know, you see here, mm, I didn't watch Formula 1 that much when Fernando Alonso was driving, but I've heard so much about, oh, Fernando Alonso is back, he's back, he's back, he's back, he's back. And I was like, let me see it for myself, how good this guy is. But in the sprint race, he was exceptional. And let me give you an ad- let me give you some advice if you ever want to be a driver. Uh, advice that I've learned from Fernando Alonso. Whenever a race starts, hmm, people always clamor to get onto the inside line so that they are on the inside of a turn or of a corner, whatever corner they get to. The very first turn or corner at whatever circuit they are at. But whenever you're starting a race, go on the outside and go as fast as you can. So when you get to the town, by the time you get to the town, you've overtaken a good number of cars that are, you know, clamoring up, you know, um, just pushing themselves to get into the town. That's how Fernando Alonso made up this position. So that's how he moved from 11th to 5th. At the start of the sprint race, the cars, let's just assume the town is on your right. So the cars were all clamoring to get, you know, to get into the inside line, to get to the right. Fernando Alonso just took the outside route. He was just on the outside and there's no traffic there. So he just got on the outside, drove as fast as he could. And when he got to the town, he had made up a good number of positions. By the time, you know, people started, the traffic was decreasing. He was up ahead. And I think I've also seen Daniel Ricciardo do this. Daniel Ricciardo, if you notice Daniel Ricciardo, whenever he qualifies badly, by badly, I mean 13th, but whenever he qualifies, you know, below his expectations or below our expectations, he makes up positions at the start of the race. And that's something that he's really, really admitted to. But the secret, I think, this is a secret. I could, I think, if you ever want to be a driver, <laughs> take it from me. Whenever the race starts, go on the outside. Of course, you have to be really fast and you have to be very careful because people on the inside line do have the advantage. But the problem is there's so much traffic on the inside line. So yeah, that's ha- that happened. Now by lap six, George and Carlos Sainz were under investigation. And lap eight, they told us that the investigation was to be done after the session. And now lap 12, Lewis was, you know, complaint was on radio saying, I'm giving it everything. Do you have more power? And then Bono, his engineer, was, you know, talking to him and saying, we're, we're trying, we're looking into it. And around that time, Lewis's tires were well blistered. And still, also Max's tires were blistered. So it was... It was racing at its finest and everybody was as shocked as I was literally, I think, because I didn't expect Max to lead, but boy, was he fast. Max is really fast. You have to give it to him. Max is quick. He's really, really quick. And now at that time also, I think Carlos Sainz was, not Sainz, was it? Oh, Daniel Ricciardo overtaking Fernando Alonso. Boy, was that beautiful. Was that beautiful. Now, by the end of the sprint race, Max... Now, this is. let me give you the results at the end of the sprint race. So, at the end of the sprint race, Max won. So, Max was in first place, which means he would start first at the British Grand Prix. So, it was Max first, Lewis Hamilton second, Valtteri Bottas third, Charles Leclerc fourth, Lando Norris fifth, Daniel Ricciardo sixth, Alonso seventh, um, Sebastian Vettel eighth, George Russell ninth, 
Esteban Ocon 10th, Carlos Sainz Jr. 11th, Pierre Gasly 12th, Kimi Raikkonen 13th, Lance Stroll 14th, Antonio Giovinazzi 15th, Yuki Tsunoda 16th, Nicolas Latifi 17th, Mick Schumacher 18th, Mazepin was 19th, and Perez did not finish the race, so he was 20th. He had a bit of an incident. You also have to remember that George Russell, who was 9th, was dropped to 12th because he got a 3 play place grid penalty for causing that collusion with Carlos Sainz Jr. that we talked about during the sprint race. And at that particular time, Max was leading the championship with 185 points. Lewis was second to him with 152 points. So it was pretty comfortable, at least a little bit comfortable. But like I always say, you never say it's done until it's done. I have said this a lot. If you haven't listened to my podcast, go through the podcast and please subscribe. I always say in Formula 1, it's not done until the checkered flag is out. Like, it's not done until it's done. <laughs> anyway, now, let's get into the race itself. Now, the race, like we said before, 18 corners, 3.66 mile long circuit, two DRS zones, one at the Hunger Street and the other at the Wellington Street. And uh, we were using the hardest air compound system for this race. Made a lot of sense because... Silverstone was really, really hot. In fact, the temperatures today were 4 degrees higher than they were yesterday. Today's track temperature is about 50 degrees, so hard tires are better here. And I think most of the teams were going in for one pit stop strategy. And uh, we also had lots of funds. I think we had 366,000 funds, so F1 is back in full swing. It is literally, literally back. Another interesting thing that I saw this time... Oh, another interesting thing that you should know is it was the first time for Aston, Mar Aston Martin Racing to do a British Brand Grand Prix. I think Aston Martin had been out of Formula 1 since 1959, I think. So that's been ages since Aston Martin last did a British Grand Prix. So welcome back to Aston Martin. And also this time around, we were using more biodiesel in the F1 cars instead of diesel that you usually use in a normal Grand Prix. And that's part of the move for F1, I think, I think, I think. That's part of the move for F1 to become more sustainable, to, you know, take care of climate, our climate. You don't want to see too, no climate change going as far as it looks like it could go. So F1 is really doing that. And I also saw, I don't know if you watched this, but F1 launched a new era on Thursday. I talked about it in the previous podcast. And... So we're getting a different car design. The car looks different. It's more caviar, I should say. The car is really curvaceous. If I was to compare it with an Italian car brand between, I would say it's, it would be like a Ferrari. <laughs> it's very curvy. You know, Ferrari cars are very curvy. Whereas you'd see a Lamborghini has more straight lines. So the F1 car is very curvaceous. She's a gorgeous one. Um, but, and it's so hard that they're also using a type of fuel that's more sustainable because Formula One cars, we have been trying to use less fuel to also use more sustainable fuel. It's not an electric racing series like Formula E is, but it is a sustainable series of its own. And there's nothing else ever going to replace Formula One, in my opinion. I really do love my F1. Now, it was also decked out with some celebrities. I'm talking royalty, Prince Edward, who is an owl of, I forgot in the place, but he's royal, Prince Edward. He was a guest at McLaren. We also got to see Tom Cruise, who was Lewis's guest in Mercedes. So he was in the Mercedes garage, you know, decking out with Toto Wolf and having a good time there or a bad time, as we shall see. We also had Harrison Ford, who was a guest at Williams. Now, Harrison Ford has starred in the Indiana Jones movies. So you've definitely seen him. 
it was a pretty nice event, I should say. I I would have loved to be there in Paduk, in the F1 Paduk club. Yeah, I would have loved to be there. But anyway, so I told, did I say this before? Um, the car wasn't supposed to be changed for the race today. So yesterday, the car that you had in spring qualifying was supposed to be the same car you had today. And I don't know if people changed their cars or if they did not, but that's what I know. Now, 18 corners, 300 kilometers per hour, top speed, and a track length of about 3,000.6 miles. Let's get into it. Now, lap one. I don't even know how to describe this. I don't know. I'm going to describe it the way I saw it. You can, somebody else will describe it the way that they saw it. But bear in mind, a lot of people, I think inevitably there's a little bit of bias from, you know, the way people are going to tell this story. But from lap one. Obviously, <laughs> Lewis had qualified in pole, remember, in qualification, and then Max took away that pole in the sprint race. So Lewis obviously wanted his place back. And Max wanted to, you know, win the championship. He wanted to lead the race. He wanted to win the race, as every other driver who's on the grid, hopefully. Now, so the race starts. Max, Lewis is alert because remember what Lewis, what, what Max did at the sprint race. He just, poof, he was like a bullet. He was like a bullet. Now, the race starts and Lewis and Max are racing hard at it. I would compare it to Spain 2016. Or maybe I'm exaggerating or maybe I'm under-exaggerating. I don't know the word. But they were every time that they took, I was biting my nails off literally. Like it was Lewis, Max, Lewis, Max, Lewis, Max. And they were getting a tita, 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 a tita, 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 tita. I don't know why I say that. But anyway, eventually, this is what we saw. Eventually, Max spun out, ended up in a barrier, and his car was wrecked. His car was super wrecked. How I would describe it, because I always I always describe incidents on my podcast, is this. Just imagine this. Hmm? Lewis Hamilton is on the right. The turn you're about to take is on the right. Max Verstappen is in the left. The turn you're about to take is on the right. So Max is going ahead, 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 ahead. Lewis is also going ahead. Remember, they had been racing each other, literally looking as if they're about to touch and they don't touch. They touch and they don't touch. It was very, very tense for me at least. And then as they're about to take that turn, all of a sudden, Max ends up spinning onto the gravel before they make that turn. From what we saw, at least because Karun Chanduk literally replayed it in slow-mo. From what I saw, this is what happened. The entire time, Max was ahead of Lewis. Okay? But Lewis was on the inside to the turn. So what happened is, from Max, the way, what he looked like from Max's dashboard, as he was about to make that turn, as he was about, as he was turning, you know, turning the steering wheel to, to the right, I think he kind of saw Lewis in his rear view mirror. He, so he had turned it a bit. And then saw Lewis, and then he turned it back. Now, when we go to Lewis's dashboard camera, um, Lewis is about to take the turn. So he kind of turned his steering wheel, but then he sees Max, and then turns it back. But all of them do it, I think, at the same time, simultaneously. At the same time, does simultaneously mean same time? But they all do it at the same time, and look, it's Max who ends up, you know, spinning and crashing into the barrier. And Lewis ends up with a broken rim on his car. A very small broken rim. And Lewis goes ahead. And Max is in the barrier. And the safety car is brought out. And Lewis is called to the pit stops. But Lewis continues. And then until we get the red flag. Now, 
this brought a debate among Lewis fans and Max Verstappen's fans. In fact, it was intense. How much I heard, I literally heard it in Sky F1. I literally heard Crofty saying that I think Helmut Marko is pushing for Lewis to get was suggesting. I think pushing was suggesting. Now, this is just rumor. This is hearsay. I could have heard wrong, but he was pushing. Again, this is my opinion in the podcast. He was pushing for, I think, Lewis was suggesting that maybe Lewis should get a race ban or a race suspension. And I thought that was being just extreme. That was just too extreme. It's a race. You know that these are, these are drivers all want to win. No one goes out there hoping to finish 20th. Everybody wants to win. And they are racing and they're giving the fans what they want. When it gets dangerous, then that's when the line has been crossed. And yes, Max, I'm pretty sure Max is hard. Okay, for my opinion, Max, oh my God, he looked winded. And I'm sorry for him. I hope he's better. But last I heard that he was better. But as far as a race ban, no, that was exaggerated. But I liked I had a commentator say that you could take it as a racing incident. Like both of them were in the wrong I don't know if you'd agree with that, but both of them literally were in the room. But guess what? F1 is going to replay this rate. They're going to give you highlights on YouTube so you can see the highlights for yourself and determine. So it was that tense. People were divided. In fact, I had a friend. You know, people who love Red Bull were on my neck. They were like, oh, my God. You know, Lewis has done it. He was so wrong. And then you know, <laughs> I remember Christian Horner was like, um, he was like, Again, I'm paraphrasing what I heard him say. I hope my memory serves me right. But he was like, you know, Lewis is done racing on this track. I, you know, a lot of times he obviously knows which turns, you know, where you don't have to be going at such high speeds and which turns not to. And Max was leading the race. So why did this and this happen? But Max has also caused, you know, uh, incidents that Truxy has been racing at. And I'm not saying Lewis did cause an incident. I'm just saying that that's no excuse to say that it's Lewis's fault entirely. You just need to watch the footage in slow motion. And then you realize that both drivers had errors because Lewis left Max space. And Max seemed to have, you know, thought of maybe seemed to have to lift Lewis a little bit of space. But inevitably, that what that's what happened. And... It happened. But anyway, you make the judgment for yourself. In fact, dare I say that Otmar, Otmar, um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'll just skip that. Otmar from Aston Martin came on and it's like, it's a racing incident. Both of them were racing hard at each other, so it was not really one person's fault. But anyway, and then interestingly, we cut to a scene where we saw Tom Cruise and Harrison Ford chatting with each other. And maybe people were like, oh, maybe they're, you know, talking about, you know, whose fault it was it was quite interesting anyway but anyway so we got a red flag and the session had to be restarted and uh, at that point under the safety car it was Leclerc in first place now bear in mind since the 2020 season the 2021 season Ferrari had only led one race lap and that was the race lap in Baku before before Max Verstappen overtook Leclerc and the other race lap, the other race that they could have led was Monaco, but of course, uh, Charles Leclerc didn't even get to do the Monaco Grand Prix. So it had been a long, long time since Ferrari was up there at the top. So first place was Charles Leclerc. And I'm told he was, when they told him he was starting P1, he was like, are you serious? Are you serious? That's what I'm told. And then second place was Lewis Hamilton. Third place, Valtteri Bottas. Fourth place, Lando Norris. Fifth place, Daniel Ricciardo. Sixth place, uh, Sebastian Vettel. Seventh place, Fernando Alonso. Eighth place, Carlos Sainz Jr. Ninth place, Kimi Raikkonen. Tenth was Esteban Ocon. Eleventh, Lance Stroll. Twelfth, Pierre Gasly. Thirteenth, Antonio Giovinazzi. Fourteenth, George Russell. Fifteenth, Yuki Tsunoda. Sixteenth, Mick Schumacher. 
17th Nicolas Latifi, 18th Nikita Mazupin, 19th Sergio Perez, and 20th Max Result. So it was a bad weekend for Red Bull. And you might be wondering, why was what was Sergio Perez doing in 19th? But that was because Sergio Perez had a bit of an incident during the sprint race. And so he ended up qualifying way, way, way below. So it was a bad weekend for Red Bull. I wonder what it's going to look like in Drive to Survive. Just be sure there will be this like loud mute not loud music but if you watch drive to survive with you know speakers and all that so that sound system it just sounds so interesting you just hear boom boom and then you know christian horner appears and says i was very mad or something like that i don't know i don't know what i even just said but anyway so so we get a standing start and we're left with 53 laps on the clock now lap four we did get um uh, Okay, by lap four after the race had restarted, Sebastian Vettel ended up spinning. <laughs> and he spun into an old pit lane. It wasn't anything too serious. And he managed to reverse and get into line again. But he was in 19th place by this time. I have to say, it wasn't exactly the best race for Sebastian Vettel, Max Verstappen, Pierre Gasly. I'm just putting it out there. Those are the drivers who really had it rough. Now, lap 5, we are told that Lewis Hamilton had received a 10-second time penalty for causing a collusion. And I thought that was fair. I thought that was fair. It, it wouldn't have made sense for him to go off without a scratch. And I thought the scratch was really fair enough. Now, should I tell you how the race restart looked? Now, when the race restarted, I told you how it was under the safety car. But when the race restarted... I think a couple of people gained and lost positions, really, because Carlos Sainz was 8th, now it was Stroll who was 8th, Sainz had dropped, no, had moved up to 6th. Anyway, when the race restarted, we had Leclerc leading, Hamilton 2nd, Norris 3rd, Bottas 4th, Ricardo 5th, Sainz 6th, Alonso 7th, Stroll 8th, Ocon 9th, Kimi 10th, 11th was Giovinazzi 12th, Gasly 13th, Russell 14th, Perez on the hard tyres, 15th Sunoda, 16th Latifi, 17th Schumacher, 18th Mazepin, 19th Vettel, and 20th was Max, who was out of the race. Now, you have realized that Perez had really, really moved up positions to 14th, which was quite impressive. And by lap 11, he moved himself up to 12th. So, if there's one person who I know who's resilient, who's persistent, who is not bogged down, but, you know, who doesn't seem bogged down by, you know, bad events happening in a race, it's Sergio Perez, because... He'll be at the bottom of the grid, but you see him fighting like he knows he doesn't belong there. That's what's very impressive about him. Vettel, who was 19th, had moved up to 17th place by lap 11. Russell had dropped down to 14th from 13th. Latifi was still in 16th place. Pierre Gasly had moved himself up to 11th, having been 12th. Now, lap 15, Charles Leclerc comes in on radio and he's so worried. He's saying, the engine has stopped. It's going again. Tell me what's happening. He's like, because his engine seemed to stop and then come on, stop and then come on. And bear in mind, he was being chased down by Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes. And lap 16, he's still yelling. He's like, what is it? Let me know. But they tell him how to fix it. Now, it's still that same lap, lap 16, Lewis is in the Iris range of Charles Leclerc. And Bono tells him, you know what? You could do this because, of course, Leclerc is having trouble with his engine. I mean, team radio, sometimes you wish you could have some things private because then other your opponents wouldn't capitalize on that. But then again, it's quite interesting for us to watch. Now, lap 17th, 
Charles Leclerc is still struggling with his engine and he comes on radio and he's like, again, there's something up with my engine, fix it. And the engineer tells him they're trying to solve it. It's also around that same time that we get black and white flags for Pierre Gasly for exceeding track limits, which meant that if he did it again, he'd be up for a penalty. So it wasn't the best of races for Pierre Gasly at all, at all, literally at all. Now, lap 21, Daniel Ricciardo was fifth pitted and came out ninth, 20 seconds behind Lando Norris. Eventually, Lando Norris also pitted. He was third, and his pit stop lasted six seconds, so he came out sixth ahead of Daniel Ricciardo. Lap 23, Bottas, who was third pitted, came out fifth. Stroll, who was seventh, also pitted. He came out ninth. By the 25th lap, Fernando Alonso decided to pit, and he was sixth, and he came out tenth. And we had a random moment there on lap 26 when Fernando Alonso came on radio and he's like, problem. And then he kept quiet. So we didn't get to know what problem it was or whether it was actually a problem or whether he said no problem. Nobody understood that. Anyway, lap 28, Lewis Hamilton, who was second, decides to pit and he serves his penalty as well. So he sat stationary for 10 seconds and then he was whacked on. By the time he came out, he was in fifth place. But I wasn't worried about Lewis being fifth. It's like punishing Perez and Perez comes out fifth or sixth. You're like, nah. Or Max, Max coming out fifth. You're like, nah, nah, not really. Now lap 29, it's Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz Jr. who are leading the race. Now that must have been, that must have felt really wonderful on the Ferrari, you know. Um, what's it called? Pit wall. And they must have felt really, really good having both Ferraris leading. But of course, one of them had to pit, and it was Carlos Sainz who pitted first, and his pit stop took about 12 seconds. You know, I thought, oh my God, we're going to have a Bottas pit stop moment that we had in Monaco this year, where Bottas' pit stop lasted, I don't know, hundreds of seconds to some people. But something literally didn't want to get off the car, but eventually they fixed it. And uh, he came out fifth. Now, by this time, Hamilton had moved up to fourth place lap 30 Charles Leclerc was leading the race pits for 2.6 seconds and he comes out first I have to say I was really nervous about his pit stop because I was like oh my god if you know what happened to uh, what happened to science happens to him then it's bad it's really bad anyway lap 31 Lando Norris gets overtaken by Lewis Hamilton beautifully effortlessly the Mercedes just glided along ahead of the McLaren it was just pure, pure beauty there. And lap 33, we get to see some action again. Carlos Sainz Jr. coming down and Daniel Ricciardo. Now, by this time, I had a good number of laps left. So I was like, oh my God, Carlos Sainz is going to do it again. And if you listen to the previous the episode before the one that's on the podcast, um, which is about, I think, the Austrian Grand Prix. Was it the Syrian Grand Prix or the Austrian Grand Prix? Where... Charles Leclerc was trying to overtake Daniel Ricciardo so badly and then he failed and then, you know, Ferrari told um, Charles Leclerc to give room for Sainz to come down on Daniel Ricciardo and Sainz chased down Daniel Ricciardo up to the 78th lap and he had failed to overtake him until the last, I think the last lap of the race or the last two laps of the race, Carlos Sainz managed to overtake Daniel Ricciardo and he goes on radio and is like, that's how it's done and all this. So when I saw Carlos Sainz in sixth and Daniel Ricciardo in fifth, I was like, oh my God, we're doing this again. But so they, he was really chasing him down and Daniel Ricciardo was really keeping up his place. Now, 
Lap 39, Sergio Perez decides to pit and he comes out 16th. He was 9th and he pits and comes out 16th. And I get why they did that because they wanted to steal, not steal, but they wanted to set the fastest lap of the race so that Lewis Hamilton doesn't set it because they're on fresh tires. Because Perez on fresh tires could be able to set a fastest lap that is faster than Lewis's fastest lap so that way Lewis doesn't get that extra point. Yeah, that's what happens in Formula 1. And then lap 42, Vettel, who's in 19th, decides to pit. I think because of that spin he had earlier in the pit, or pit lane that we talked about, so he decided to pit. Lap 44, lap 45, sorry, Perez had now moved up into the 12th place. And by lap 47, Lewis's front tires were blistered. And he comes on radio and he's so worried about Charles Leclerc because he's like, he's picking up the pace. And Bono tells him, Bono is his race engineer, he tells him to kind of relax. Now, by lap 47, Pierre Gasly, who was 10th, pits and comes out 14th. I don't know why Pierre Gasly pitted. Did they want to set the fastest lap or something? But I really, really don't know why. Now, as with the last race we had in Austria, Kimi Raikkonen kind of gets into, he, he, Kimi Raikkonen and Sergio Perez make contact and Kimi Raikkonen ends up spinning, but somehow he recovers and joins the race again. Now, if you remember, if you listened to the previous podcast I did about the Austrian Grand Prix, Kimi Raikkonen just literally last, towards the end of the race, I think it was the final lap of the race, he spun Sebastian Vettel around and I was like, what is going on? I don't know, you never know because you're just watching on TV, you're not in the car. Lap 50, the Perez and Kimi incident is to be investigated later. And uh, by lap 50, Sergio Perez ends up in the pits. And he's in 16th place at this time. Now, in lap 50, we see the beautiful overtake that we all knew was coming. Lewis Hamilton overtakes Charles Leclerc to win the British Grand Prix. Now, the Mercedes had more pairs. The, uh, the Ferrari engine had issues. The Mercedes is faster. The Ferrari is not as fast because of, you know, the engine issues and all this and all that. But, yes, that's how it happened. Now, here are the results from the Formula 1 British Grand Prix 2021. First place was Lewis Hamilton, who has won eight times in Silverstone so far. Second place, uh, Charles Leclerc. Third place, Valtteri Bottas, so double podium for Mercedes. Fourth place, Lando Norris. Fifth place, Daniel Ricciardo. Sixth place, Carlos Sainz Jr. Seventh place, Fernando Alonso. Eighth place, Lance Stroll. Ninth place, Esteban Ocon. Tenth place, Yuki Tsunoda. 11th was Pierre Gasly, 12th was George Russell, 13th was Antonio Giovinazzi, 14th Nicolas Latifi, 15th was Kimi Raikkonen, 16th Sergio Perez, 17th Nikita Mazepin, 18th Mick Schumacher, 19th Sebastian Vettel and 20th Max Verstappen who did not finish the race. Now I don't know whether that's the end you expected, I did not expect that at all <laughs> but yeah that's what happened in the british grand prix i hope you had a good time i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did and i sure do hope that the podcast was fun to listen to and if you'd like to even connect more find me on social media on twitter my handle is at formula one amateur on instagram z zf1 amateur just like the name of the podcast and be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to listen in and subscribe and review if you can it greatly helps thank you so much for listening in as always if you'd like to get further in touch my telephone number plus two five six seven seven eight nine six five hundred three until then bye bye see you at hungary or even before hungary because i like to do podcasts in between but until then bye bye thank you so much for listening